Hey, welcome to Minor Details. Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm James. <laughs> this is the first podcast we're doing together. Uh, it's It'll be interesting. For those of you who don't know, this is a design podcast. We'll talk about design and, uh, I don't know, whatever's on our mind. Yeah, this is probably like the sixth conversation that Nick and I have actually had together. Has it really been and, and it's like going to be recorded and released to the world. Um, yeah, a little bit about us. My name's Nick Baker. I'm a designer. We're both designers. We Thanks. Both, we, both, uh, Thanks. we both do consulting work in New York City. Yeah, I, I uh, worked in Texas designing pet toys for a while, and now I moved up to New York like four months ago. It's been good. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you got going on, James? Uh, yeah, I'm James Connors, a.k.a. I draw on receipts. Um... I am a freelancer in New York City, living in Brooklyn, and uh, yeah. Oh, my my Instagram handle is Nick P Baker. Oh, just always <laughs> got to plug yourself. We do a lot of sketches and stuff on Instagram, so check that out if you guys are interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we uh, how do we meet, James? We met on Instagram, actually. Yeah, I was following you. Well, no, no, no. That's not the first time actually, we met. We actually met in when was that? 2014. 14 at the what was it? Mike DeTullo Core 77. Yeah, the Core 77 conference in yeah. in Brooklyn. I was interning in interning in Park Slope at the time and uh convinced my boss to buy me a ticket to the Core 77 conference. Good call. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, and we just like what was the story? It was like Oh, we got we got into a cab to go over to Manhattan, uh, and I didn't know you at all. I just, no. you know, we had a few drinks, and uh, you were a very uh, charismatic man, and yeah. you were like, "Hey, young chap, <laughs> you look cool." I also Let's was go. feigning a to... British accent back in those days. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Manhattan and uh, hang out. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was a there was an Australian girl, I think, in the cab, and I was, I don't know. I've I found out that coming to New York City, uh, the Australians that are in New York City really don't like it when you uh, put on an Australian accent. No, uh, really? Yeah. Well, she certainly wasn't a fan, and I've also I've also been cursed out by other Australians in New York City. How often do you how often do you put all on the time. Accent? Every morning I wake up and can, can you give me break right open now? the windows and good morning. <laughs> good morning, Brooklyn. Oh man. Yeah. Birds fly out from behind me. But um yeah, so But we didn't know we didn't know that we had met. No, we didn't we didn't remember and then I started following you on Instagram because as most of you who are probably listening to this podcast know Nick has one of the best industrial design Instagrams. Well, thank you, James. Uh, I, I think you have a good Oh, one stop it. I'm working on it. Uh, but um, yeah, it just was really, I, I loved the, the posts and the stories. And I was like, I feel like this guy and I would probably get along. So I don't know. I've messaged you probably about yeah, something. You messaged me. Well, I was coming up to New York for Design Week. What, oh. 20, 2017. Okay. Yeah, you had messaged me then. Right. We met up. Mm-hmm. This was early on in the, the Instagram game. Yeah. We were we were sub 10,000, I think. <laughs> I don't... I don't. You might have been above. No, I was... No, I, I remember. I specifically remember because I, I had less than you. Less, <laughs> less followers than you. Yeah. And you were like, I will, I will conquer this man. I don't think that's what I, I was, was riding the 9,000 wave for a while because I, I had, you know, I'm good friends with Reed Schlegel, who's right. like, you know, the king. Right, the master. Yeah. And um, bow down before him. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I saw what he was doing and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I want to be sketching more. So I started doing it and I started gaining followers really quickly. And then, I don't know, I kind of petered off a little bit. And uh, you petered off because you weren't posting, or because like you just it just petered off like I naturally. I petered off like I, basically I was not posting as much. Okay. Like I I was doing a sketch a day, which is like I mean it's basically a suicide mission <laughs> doing a sketch a day. It's very it's hard. really difficult. And um, so when I found 
like after a while and I found Nick's page, a couple other Instagrammers that were doing more like, I don't know, how would you describe your format? Because it, it's, it's much more like a design diary right. than, than a sketch a day. Yeah, I, my, my format's more about just the design process in general and maybe my life. I try to mix my life in there, but it's definitely gotten a lot more design-oriented. But, you know, it's like sketches and then prototypes, 3D models, 3D renders, digital sketches. I try to mix it all in. Yeah. Like a nice medley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I tried I tried a, a few other different formats, like doing the, doing like the helicopter series. And the, it's just like whenever you try to stick to one thing, it gets really taxing and exhausting yeah definitely uh or at least that's that's what i found i mean i feel like a lot of designers kind of have that add a little (laughs) bit so yeah yeah so yeah so yeah we met over instagram and yeah yeah now we're now we're here now we're here podcasting um you got any personal projects you're working on james i got I, i i guess i have a couple going on right now um I'm in the process of collaborating with a couple people on on my helicopter stuff. Right. Tell me just, a little more about that helicopter. Just just one just one of the helicopters. Well, for those who haven't seen it, what is it like? Is it a toy or a? It's a toy. It's a real it's life like, helicopter. It's like a designer. It's a designer toy. Okay. I would say. Okay. Uh, I got into industrial design initially because I was interested in toy design and kind of never ended up following through on that and and now knowing what i know about the toy industry i feel like i wouldn't operate well in that environment really it feels the toy industry to me feels very much like a chew them up and spit them out kind of industry okay i don't know i i I can't speak from firsthand experience just from overhearing people talk about it um yeah, I I don't think I've worked in the toy industry, but yeah. I've worked obviously in the pet toy yeah. industry. Yeah, <laughs> which I and I have as well, which right. I really I enjoyed that. Right, pet I mean, toys are interesting. Yeah, it's it's fun. The fun thing about pet toys is like you know that the dog isn't appreciating <laughs> any p- bit of the aesthetic, right? But but that's kind of the fun part about it. Um, but um, yeah, so. Uh, I kind of decided that if nobody was going to, if if I wasn't going to be designing toys for a company and nobody was necessarily going to be paying me to design toys, and this is you know why we do side projects, I decided to like do this helicopter thing. I also taught uh, a 3D modeling class for the toy design program at at um, FIT. Okay, was that part of the? the helicopter part of that yeah there they had to model a helicopter like a helicopter that had been previously designed like they had to recreate like a like a a big helicopter like a boeing helicopter (laughs) does boeing make helicopters i'm sure Uh, they do i'm sure they do right trump wouldn't pay for it okay (laughs) that's the only bit of politics we're gonna get into Right, right but um but uh yeah, so I th- that was part of it. That was part of their program was, or at least this CAD program was was doing this helicopter, and I was like, I've never done a helicopter before. That sounds really interesting, and to use it kind of as like a use it as an archetype, almost like you know you have you do your ongoing like chair series, right? right. And it's like, okay, how many ways can you reinterpret the archetype? Yeah, which is always fun, and it was like you don't have to worry about functionality or anything. It's just purely about aesthetics and making something cool. And, and so, yeah, my last helicopter that I posted, uh, a guy reached out to me about making like a, a prototype, basically like making like a looks like model. And, and I've, I've also been talking about to somebody else. You'll be seeing a post probably pretty soon okay. about that. I don't okay. want to reveal too much about that. Oh one. man, exciting! All right, because I I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think I don't know that people will be expecting it. Okay. Uh, Do you have any goal? Like, what's the goal? Is it to make this helicopter, or is it? I didn't. I didn't really. I mean, I didn't have There's any no sort of goal. No, you're just like having fun with it. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, alongside of that is like the bottle opener. The bottle opener. That's what I'm really intrigued about. Yeah. 
I just like bottle openers. Yeah, I know. And I saw, and I had seen your bottle opener. I've tried to design a bottle opener multiple times. You tried. You and you succeeded. I've, <laughs> uh, I mean, succeed is a. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've succeeded in producing it, but mm-hmm. I made a design, multiple designs that turn, were interesting. Why didn't you continue? Oh, that's a that's a long story. Uh, let's see. So so, yeah, I guess. We, well, let me talk about my my uh, side project because I think it's kind of related to the bottle opener way. Go for it. Um, I'm actually working on this is a new side project. I don't know if I've even shown you. I might have shown oh you. Oh my bit. god! <laughs> World, <laughs> worldwide. So, so I have a I have preview. A, I have a small little brand called Almost Object. You can check that out at Almost Object or AlmostObject.com. Um, but I'm making a, a t-shirt for almost object because i feel like it'd be a nice uh product to have and i really enjoy t-shirts that's all i wear it can be a it can be negative 10 out i'll be there's a t-shirt under, underneath something. yeah yeah no i i kind of have a thing about like i when i go to shop for coats i'm often asking the salesperson i'm like I want a coat that I can just wear a t-shirt underneath. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's a, a good coat. Right that's here. the optimal coat. I need to find that coat. It's, I mean, my, mine's pretty good right now. I got a Patagonia. Okay. Agonia. Okay. But, uh, I, um, I don't know. I think probably Canada goose is in the future. Ooh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what Canada, but that's, Canada goose is, but it sounds really, good. <laughs> it's like a status symbol in New York. Oh, it's got the, it's got like the patch on it. It's got that circular patch Does on the arm. Goose? Does it have a goose? It's, I mean, it's like totally for, you know, hype beasts. Oh, you know, I, I'm a hype beast wannabe. Me too. <laughs> but I kind of want to stay that way. <laughs> is that weird? You don't. You haven't bought any Supreme no, stuff. I, I don't want to ever buy any Supreme. I just want to appreciate the brand recognition they have. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty Supreme. That's the brand a, recognition. We could go into that for a good hour. I'm sure. I know. It, I'm just. I'm completely fascinated by hype beasts. It's it's an interesting culture. Yeah. Um, no, but but I was saying I I made a T-shirt. I'm super excited about it for my brand called Almost Object because. Uh, almost objects all about creating products that kind of push the boundaries you know like questioning what a product is what even what even is an object uh, so mm-hmm. this t-shirt obviously has to push that boundary so mm-hmm. it's it's a questionable t-shirt like not questionable in a bad way <laughs> not like not like you wouldn't want to bring it home to your parents <laughs> no no you can bring it home to your parents it's fine it's it's all good it's it's a good t-shirt I, yeah um, so I'm working on that right now but back to the ball opener that I had initially, my very first product was to design a bottle opener for Almost Object. Uh huh. Um, and I had taken, I don't know, a good like six months like working on designs and uh, eventually got to the manufacturing level. Started uh, chatting with people on Alibaba. If you guys don't know, if you guys don't <laughs> As know, as you do, if you guys don't know Alibaba, it's the, uh, it's kind of like the Chinese Amazon for like factories. You know, if, on Amazon, you can order one uh, one pair of socks. On Alibaba, you can order a hundred pairs of socks. That's how it kind of works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I learned a lot through that, and you know, long story short, the I think I just took so long on the project that by the end, I hated the design, and I was like, <laughs> I don't want to manufacture this at all. I feel like that happens with a lot of projects, like the. Uh, like, don't you feel like if a project in general goes on too long, you start to hate it? I totally agree. I definitely agree. And I also agree that if it is, if it does go along, so if it does go along so long, it will, and you still like it, that's a good project. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, it has to be, I don't know. Like, do you think that a lot of design, do you think Dieter Rams is just kind of like, I could have done better. He's tired of his like <laughs> radio like player thing. Yeah, or is it as little design as possible? Like it is like he he can't think that it could be anything else. Man, I don't know. I kind of wonder. Like you have to wonder with minimalist designers because even even with minimalism, there's like a thousand solutions. True. true. Like you know, you see you see the first generation iPhone to this current generation and it's like you know not that they're radically different but there's 
but in terms of simplicity and minimalism there's those like subtle tweaks the the very subtle like the camera the bump on the Mm -hmm. camera always changes i'm always intrigued by the bump the the bump they're they are unabashed about the bump in this generation yeah i remember when the bump first came out it was what the iphone 7 yeah i i no no iphone 6 has the bump yeah. Did iPhone 5 have a bump? I think I threw my desk across the room. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, you guys know what we're talking about with the bump, right? It's like when the iPhone 6 came out, the, can- the I phone... I thought it was the 5. Was it the 5? I think it was the 5. The 4 was the last the one that was had flat. it I had the 4. Flush. It was flat. Yeah. Well, when the 5 or the 6 came out, you know, Apple was always striving to make things so thin but they couldn't make the camera lens thin enough. So the the camera stuck out. Yeah. And so they've been detailing around that camera for the past four or five phones now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I feel like the conversation was probably like, people are going to put a case on this thing anyway. Like that was, you know, because once you put a case on it, it's flush. It's flush. That's true. That's true. Um, but I currently have the peel case on my Does that eight. stick out? Because the peel case it, it is like a really thin case. It's like super thin. Super, super thin. It's like a millimeter. Wow. Hmm. Maybe even less. Um, but yeah, I... But yeah, there's so many forms of minimalism. There's so many There's so many avenues that you could go down that would still be considered minimal for right. any product. You can really fine-tune those details, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I thought we might talk... I, I was looking online the other day. Mm-hmm. This past week, and I saw this article. Um, I'm kind of big into VR right now. It's I, I know you know about it, James, but you know virtual reality is a it's an up and coming technology. It's I I think it's definitely the future of humanity in some aspect. Mm. I don't know what that what what that will uh, manifest itself to be, but it's VR is a exciting exciting technology. Um, I have an Oculus Rift headset, but I was looking online. I, found, I saw this article. Microsoft is working on haptic feedback um, controllers for virtual reality. And essentially, it's like they had this big, bulky like controller. And, you know, it's bulky right now. It's just a prototype. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out this stuff. <laughs> um, but it has motors attached to your fingers. So whenever you like move your fingers, the motors control where your fingers can move. So, you know, the goal of this is when you're in virtual reality and you go to pick up you know say it's like a ball or something you can actually grab the ball and feel it with your hand yeah because the motors are like pulling back on your fingers so it gives the like simulation of like a physical object right in the virtual world right i mean it seems like the next logical step like Mm -hmm. because right now it's just that you are affecting the world in which you inhabit in vr the world can't affect you. Yeah. But I'm soon. just, I, I guess I'm just surprised that Microsoft did this and not like Pornhub. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I'm sorry, Nick. It's just, it's, it's no, it's all, it's going to happen. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen because it, it's a, it, it, yeah. But it would be incredible as a designer, not only to model out your products, but to touch them, but to touch them. Yeah. That would be incredible because basically like the workflow right now is, model print or you know like model and computer print out to then feel but you're you're still not getting materiality i don't know how how would you yeah how would you get materiality i don't know i i do think that is something i haven't really thought about yet i mean i just i just read this article and like the idea of being able to 3d model something and touch it like if it was 3d printed but you wouldn't have to spend any time 3D printing. 3D printing takes a day, you know? It's like yeah, you could just make it and oh, man, but 3D printing form. it's like Christmas. Like is it do you not love coming into the office I in do. the morning and you're just like ripping a print off the yeah, bed? Yeah. That's a good feeling. There's good no feeling. better feeling. The uh I also forgot the article had another aspect of the the VR haptic feedback. They were actually testing VR with blind people, mm. which which may sound funny because you know VR you have goggles like it's a visual thing. It's it's heavily visual. Virtual mm-hmm. reality is heavily visual. But what they did is they attached a um, like a walking stick. I don't know what you call those things. What do you call those things? 
Walking sticks? Uh, you know the blind the blind yeah. people sticks. <laughs> I, I think the, I think your first term was a little bit walking was, stick was was uh, a little better. Okay. Yeah, a little softer. Um, they you know they attached they, they so they had attached. There's a video of it. You gotta check it out. They, they attached a walking stick to this haptic controller, and so essentially the motors controlled the stick. So you could uh the the blind person could kind of visualize physical objects in the room because whenever whenever they uh put the stick in a certain area the stick would you know the motors would move the stick and it would simulate like you know hitting a curb or like you know the rough uh like little bumpy things on the sidewalk yeah um i thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. they were still wearing a headset i'm not sure what the headset was yeah showing them because they couldn't see it but yeah it's interesting i mean you know, I feel like mostly when people think of VR right now, I think for like broad use, they think mostly like gaming. Yes. And and that's the biggest market right now. For that's VR. yeah. But can you think of any other applications aside from gaming? And, and that one's interesting about blind people, you know, using this to navigate the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like a gazillion applications for the the niche markets. I definitely think the entertainment industry is the biggest mm-hmm. uh, application for it, um, at least at this point. But I mean, I think like the final application is just like we live our lives. We live <laughs> our lives in the virtual world. Oh no, we just waste away in the virtual world. I mean, it seems almost inevitable. It seems like the movies have kind of dictated that. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's like they're just gonna the robots are gonna stick some vr headsets on us and it's gonna be the matrix yeah i'm okay with that though it's a lot of fun yeah (laughs) but i feel like you know if we do get to this point where it's you know everybody is plugged into this virtual world it's gonna be there's gonna be some like counterbalance there's gonna be some like you know some people that are just all about reality mm, yeah. yeah i can i can see that it's kind of like how there, there's always like the counterculture yeah, yeah how like vinyl sales have risen in the in the oh, age of digital music <laughs> or just like any you know and we're also in like the age of it's very trendy to have like hand like handcrafted objects like that's true that's true the diy object mm-hmm. and all these things and i feel like yeah if you have vr if everybody's living in the digital world there's going to be there's going to be the realists. There, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there's still that value to the physical object, which I hope that doesn't go away in our lifetime, because if it does, we'll be out of a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, I on my profile, or my, my Instagram profile, it says designer maker. Hmm. And then it has other words, but designer maker, like I'm trying to always stand by that. I always want to be making something physical, mm-hmm. not just designing it. Because yeah. anyone can design. Anyone can draw. Yeah. I mean, not everyone can draw good. Anyone can draw, though. You, your dad can draw, right? My dad can draw. It's not good, though. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, my dad can draw. But, I mean, he's an, he's an engineer, so oh, okay. he'll he'll draw up some some things. My, but da- usually, my dad works in sales. Typically, he cracks out the graph paper. Oh, he's a graph paper know. guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pads and pads of, uh, of graph paper. But I feel like... You know, it's kind of interesting. I think there was a question that was submitted to us about UX, UI, and product. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like, I mean, what do you think about VR as sort of bridging the two? Because imagine imagine a website as being a physical place rather than a page. That's kind of mind-blowing right there. Like, what if we were hired to design a store, but it's not a real store it's a virtual store yeah huh interesting there is a you know i have the oculus and there is an oculus store mm-hmm. and it's a physical place i mean it's not a physical place it's a virtual it's, it's a, a virtual space sure it's not like a you know it's not like a a screen with a bunch of like thumbnails it's like this nice like room and it has like lighting and like chairs and everything and it's like it kind of looks like a library yeah um and then you can buy things in the store if you want to yeah i don't know it's interesting yeah, I, I feel like, you know, essentially a lot of our applications that we deal with, you know, on through computers, be it a website or an application, whatever, it is sort of this abstracted 
thing that we deal with in in real life. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like be at a website kind of taking the place of like a physical store or Yeah. It's true. Huh. You know. I don't know. There's there's a lot of interesting avenues that that VR could go down. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we could talk about VR design. Maybe that maybe that's another <laughs> podcast though. Maybe that's another podcast. Yeah. Um yeah, we uh we reached out to some people, got some questions in. Uh I think we want to definitely answer questions on this podcast. I mean, this is our first podcast. We're trying to kind of we're just winging it, you know. It's, it's fun. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, we have some good question submissions. We wanted to kind of tackle some of those. Um one of the questions from Dole Massily says, uh what's the most difficult thing you've designed? That's a good question. It's a, it is a good question because I because because to some degree I feel like everything that I've designed is the most difficult thing <laughs> that I've designed. Is it every? Is it the last thing you've designed? Is the most difficult thing? I don't know. I mean, or is it just like there's difficult? There's different. There's different uh, like ideas of difficulty in a project, right? Because sometimes it's like there's the difficulty in coming up with the design, or there's the difficulty in in um, creating the design that you have envisioned and or there's the difficulty in getting the design that you've made like that you have um you know you've made in cad you've done the drawings whatever right to make to get it made like how you designed it right that's a hard one that's that's, a, a, that's, that's a another one. but you know i would say one one project that was really difficult for me because it I, it was in my first year of working professionally um i designed these like these self-leveling spoons what do you mean like leveling spoons what so is that? they're so they're it's a set of spoons it's like is it's like like, ta- like tablespoons or something yeah like okay. measuring spoons measuring spoons okay yeah they um so basically like they're hinged like imagine imagine a measuring spoon with its handle and they're and they're all sort of pivoting off of the back point of the handle okay, okay. so they swivel over each other to level each other out um That's cool. so it, and i wasn't even assigned the project initially it was like my manager was like hey like you have some downtime like we're working on this project and and i came up with this idea and um the the difficult thing about it was just like being so new to design and like having some solid work skills but measuring spoons like you're having to deal with like capacities you're oh, you know no. like the volumes volume oh and, no we and volume we're is not engineers we oh, don't know we don't know math oh it's so terrible and i had this very specific vision which like in the final product is kind of like I, I don't even think people would recognize it, okay. but but it's basically keeping all the spoons contained into one area, right. and they're all they're all kind of stacked and facing each other. So it was like, as I would change the size of one spoon, oh, I would have no. it was like a rippling effect, right? So it took me a really long time, and not only that, but it was also working like with working on a brand so this was for KitchenAid and it was like basically uh, figuring out VBL like visual brand language to apply to these spoons to make them KitchenAid that seems a little tough because spoons are so they're simple like what yeah you gonna put like a, a texture on them well you that? can go you can go check them out <laughs> they're on my Behance page but it it was it was very difficult and and my like the boss boss was like what is taking you so long oh no oh no kind of deal when the boss boss comes and it was just like you know it was difficult it was my first year and i'm like just getting like comfortable in solidworks because there's like there's the level of cad that you get into in college versus the level of cad you get into when you're definitely a professional totally that's just like a completely different ballpark right right so you know that that was pretty that was a uh, that like sticks out in my memory as being a very difficult project that's good that's that's a really interesting one um i would say my my most difficult project is uh so 
obviously I've been in the pet industry for a while now. Um, I graduated school 2015, worked in work at worked at a company called Petmate for like two and a half years. Um, but let me tell you, litter boxes, mm. litter boxes, believe it or not, are very difficult. Um, the main reason is that cat litter boxes are a big object. Yep. And they, <laughs> I'm I'm familiar with it. They yeah, you have a cat? Yeah. What's your cat's name? Jimmy. Jimmy. He was named before I got into okay. the relationship. Oh, it's one of those it was, cats. It's my it's my wife's cat it, init- uh, initially. Um but uh litter boxes are big objects, which means they're also expensive to make. Um, you know, tooling when you cut a steel mold to pour plastic into that steel mold has to be really large. You know, we're talking like five foot by yeah, five it's foot. Yeah, huge. Cu- cubic for meters. an injection mold. Yeah, it's it's injection molded. It's, yeah, it's a big mold. It's a litter box program could cost you know upwards of a hundred thousand dollars just to make the steel the steel mold for it. That's crazy. Um, so there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions, <laughs> and because there's a lot of money involved. Um, yeah, it was an interesting project. I think the the difficult part about it was that the litter boxes have to nest, mm-hmm. and nesting is when you know normally litter boxes are kind of two parts. They're like the top half that kind of covers the litter box, kind of keeps in like all the litter, doesn't let anything spray out. We don't want that. Down. No, <laughs> you don't want that toxoplasmosis. Right, and then the bottom of the litter box obviously holds the litter. And the top and the bottom have to fit together really snugly for shipping. It saves a lot of money, um, and like I said, it's it's a very expensive thing to make. So mm-hmm. any any penny you can save here and there is definitely worth it. Um, and nesting objects, which I guess your your uh, measuring spoons were kind of nesting, right? They don't they don't like sit in each other, okay? But they kind of come together to make a unified shape. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, the, the litter boxes definitely sit in each other. Yeah. Uh, and so whatever you do to, if, if you want to design the top of the litter box, the bottom has to match, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they, you flip mm-hmm. them over. Like, they're kind of mirrors of each other, essentially. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely difficult. Um, and then, of course, I think it was just the difficulty of working with so many different people who had so many different opinions about it. Um, it's kind of like one of those uh, oh. des- designed by committee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was interesting, you know. I think my one little uh, one thing that sticks out in my mind right now is that um, PetSmart, who was a big customer, obviously like the main supplier, uh, brick and mortar store for pet products. Um, they, you know, there's people in PetSmart that actually purchase the products that we make and put them on the shelves, and those people are called buyers. And for whatever reason, the buyer wanted to make my litter box brown. You know, maybe mm. camouflage the cat, mm. the cat stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but maybe I mean maybe thinking that it would fit better into a home. I that that technically was probably the reasoning. Yeah, but he, whatever you whatever you want to take from that, I I felt like brown was the incorrect choice for my design. What would you have gone with? Black, <laughs> black, white, gray, anything. You want to murder it out for the hype piece? Murder it. <laughs> It's a murdered out litter box, Matt. Matt Black. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, it was unfortunate that it turned out brown. Um, I think there's some other color colorways, but you know when, when the when the biggest customer is like, hey, I'm going to give you a lot of money to make it brown. Yeah. And people are like, Nick, I'm sorry, she's given us. She's <laughs> this lady's given us a lot of money. For yeah. Box. You know the the litter box that we have currently and, and and we're gonna swap it out soon but it was for our our last apartment was which was kind of like a tiny-ish apartment okay and my wife had found this it's like a faux plant potter thing oh. that it looks it oh yeah yeah it, no, yeah. I remember it. I remember yeah it, it looks, looks like a terracotta pot yeah and but there's, there's but there's a plant on the yeah top. there's there's a fake well it was a yeah a fake plant on the top but there was a there was a door basically like an open hole on the back side so you couldn't see it yeah so i mean so you, and you got rid of that i didn't know that because no I, we still have it right now okay. but we're but, but we just bought like a piece of like what looks like a side table almost okay so it's like just another hidden 
like litter situation because right. oh, it's, it's just like especially in new york apartments like you don't necessarily want to be like displaying your <laughs> litter box, box yeah. unless it's like you know really nice like one of the mod cat litter mm, boxes that mod cat was the best litter box that yeah that we always or i thought was the best litter box i mean you know there's a lot of people at the litter and the litter uh situation yeah um, but yeah, I, I remember your terracotta litter box because I remember pointing it out, and I'm sure that I was probably the only person to point it out because I'm the only one that knows about like every litter box <laughs> in the. Uh, well, people industry. pointed it out, but they didn't know that it was a litter box. Right. They would point it out at, to like compliment us, like "Oh, nice which, plant." Yeah, which was funny. Nice and I was like, terracotta pot. Yeah, you want to you want to do your business in it? You can just wait until our cat's done. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, I remember seeing your litter box on uh, Nick's Tricks. Oh, that was a long time oh, ago. Oh, man. Good old days. I, I had that. Uh, I had one little. When Instagram came out with stories, I started uh, kind of like doing a visual representation of my portfolio and showing off some of my projects that I completed yeah. on the stories. I, I really. I miss Nick's Tricks. Maybe Nick's Tricks should have a season two. The problem the problem with Nick's Tricks is that. It, it, you run out of tricks right i run out of tricks i only des- i've only designed so many things and i can only talk about so many designs that i've done yeah um i have a question for you yeah late night nick used to be called nick at night oh okay why did you change the name oh, that's interesting it's interesting um so kind of along the same lines you know instagram runs our lives nowadays mm-hmm. as in oh, well i won't speak for you james but instagram runs my life <laughs> Um, and Instagram came out with live stories. When was it? Or not? It wasn't story. It's just live. Instagram live mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. When did it come out? Last year or sometime? It must have. Like last fall? Yeah, I think Maybe so. Last, end of last yeah. su- summer? Somewhere no, around it was definitely. It was definitely in the summertime. It might have been in the springtime. I don't know. Hmm. It's been around for almost a year now, I would say. Yeah. But, but when it came out, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because I can Instagram live and sketch at the same time, and people can watch me, and this will be fun. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's just a fun, like casual thing to do. Um, and I called it Nick at Night, you know, because of Nickelodeon. And uh, and then I, you know, started to realize in my the back of my mind, like I probably should think of a name that's not gonna infringe mm. on Nickelodeon. Not that, you know realistically nickelodeon is never gonna like send me a letter <laughs> they're never gonna send that season no season. but i like that you have that ambition i i definitely like to think long term yeah know? i always had that in the back of my mind so i changed it to late night nick the yeah. fun the fun thing about late night nick though is that it was actually a thing before instagram or instagram live or before i even was on instagram my friends um in school would always talk about late night nick because whenever it got really late in the in the school studio in the shop, oh. I'd start to get a little crazy. Oh, like, oh late night Nick's coming out. <laughs> you had an alter ego. I had an alter ego, yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. yeah, I thought it might be something about that, but I'm just I'm consistently jealous with how many puns you can make off your name because <laughs> I I can't I can't make many puns off of mine because well, I was thinking about you know. Because I had talked to you a while ago about a like this idea of like having programs, industrial design programs, like every night of the week. So like Nick's program is on Wednesdays, like James is on, you know. So oh, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, trying to come up with a name for my own thing, and it's like, oh, what would you do? You so, could do like alliterations, like uh, Jolly James. Oh gosh. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was just thinking, I thought of a couple like joke names, like James Blames, and, James Blames, and I teach you how to blame other people for your lack of design ability. Oh, that's a good one. But, good one. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, we have another question. Yeah. From, uh, what is it? AGT Designs. Who is the most influential industrial designer at the moment? Oh, man, that's a good one. I was actually, you know, it was interesting. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about, because I just got one of those Molecule air filters. We we just bought one of those. Okay, I saw it. I saw and, it. And, um, 
you know, it's kind of it's pretty much like a Bang and Olufsen. It's like it's like Bang and Ol- except it just cleans the air. Yeah, but it, okay. I mean, I love it for right. being that. But I was thinking about how, you know, obviously, like I don't know. I mean, when you think about influential, um, I feel like Bang and Olufsen is probably one of the more influential aesthetic aesthetics right now oh really like they kind of drove i feel like they drove a lot like look at what google is doing right now with the google home products and it's all electronics with fabric I, and it's I, like that's a big trend right now the fabric on bang and olsen's been doing that they have been doing that for a while now like they true. they they had that i mean they basically introduced i mean as far as i can tell they introduced like this idea of your electronics like living seamlessly with your furniture you know living like being lifestyle products rather than being tech driven yeah that's interesting yeah i I definitely agree with that i think um i think that's a, a definitely a facet i think that's like an influential facet of design right now like i think that bang and olsen's definitely um influenced the tech industry in that way that is interesting that a lot of soft materials are implemented in a tech nowadays. I definitely think that's a big trend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of want to get in on that. <laughs> so like, I'm always thinking about like, how can I implement soft goods? Like yeah. I, I had like done a, a fun little mini project of implementing felt onto a mouse. Do you remember that? I do. What happened to that project, Nick? Well, you know, it's one of those projects that I'll never finish. <laughs> You know, there's, there's I'm so looking many. at your wall right now of the projects that you're currently working on, and mm, it's not up there. It's, it's not up there because I just I decided it was done. <laughs> it was done. It was over. Um, yeah. What What would my answer be? What's the most influential industrial designer at the moment? Well, for me, I'm always I'm always inspired by Nendo. Mm. You know, the design, the Japanese design firm. Yeah. I always think they are putting out interesting interesting designs i and they always are making like i feel like every other week they have a new design come out mm-hmm. they're they have so many projects that come out i think yeah. nendo's pretty influential um they they have a very good way of expressing the idea behind the product mm, with yes. like the simple illustration yes i love that i love that um they definitely did like there's some furniture that they did that i still am like constantly thinking about especially the the which, split which which the furniture? split chair the split chair. the the one that you know it's basically like looks like a tube of wood that is like splitting to like create the arm and the oh, leg oh yeah, yeah that one is is just like is so nice but have you ever had the experience i've never engaged with a nendo product physically have you ever had that experience where you're like, oh my God, I love that product? Because you've seen it on like Lemonouche or on Pinterest and you're like, that's hot. And then you go and interact with it and it's such a disappointing experience. No, really? I've I've had that what, experience. What product was it? I think um, in college and still, I really, I like Marcel Wanders. You, do you know him? He's a Dutch designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I really like his style, like sort of that, like, you know, modern meets traditional, um, like almost antique approach. He did this chair while we were, when I was in school, well, you would have been in school as well, but it's like, it was a, a blow molded chair. And, um, the idea behind it was like, if you kind of like sparkling, uh, water bottles, like, with all the compressed air, they're very strong. Right. Um, it's when you let the air out that the water, that the bottle becomes flimsy. Right. So the idea was to like blow mold this chair and push air into it. So basically like it's super light, but also incredibly strong. Interesting. And it's a really cool idea for a chair, but it's like the photos were like so hot, but of course it's like this blow molded clear chair. It's like, if you want it to keep being hot, like don't sit on it. Cause basically <laughs> like I saw it, I saw it in a store where it was like getting scratched up and oh, no. it just, it just, could you, w- 
But could you sit in it? Right? You, you could. could sit s- in it. You could sit in it. Okay. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where like plastic doesn't really patina. It's like there's right. right. So it was just like I don't know that it was heartbreaking, but I feel like there's other examples of of products that I've interacted with where I've just kind of been in love with the render or the you know the the uh, the advertising imagery right. imagery and and then like interacted with it and been like oh, man I I definitely agree um, I don't know I can't think of any off the top of my head but I definitely see where you come from. I feel like I've had that because I've never before. engaged with a Nendo product. Like they all look really hot. The thing is, is like Nendo does a lot of conceptual work. Yeah, and I think that's why I like them. I like yeah. to do a lot of conceptual things too. Yeah, yeah. Because I like to pretend I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, a good friend of mine actually, uh, Oscar Salguero. Shout out, really awesome designer that I went to school with. He okay. he uh, interned with Nendo. For, oh no way, really? Yeah. That's a dream. It, it sounds like, and and uh, Oscar can correct me if I'm wrong the next time I see him, but it seemed like it's very much the studio is catering toward the the head dude. I don't know his name. Right. Um, but it's like he comes up with the vision and your job is working for him is to execute the vision. Right. So he, he, in a way, he is like an artist. He's right. like... It's like an artist workshop. Yeah, I would say that's a lot of how the smaller, like any any like independent design guys are. You know, there's like the big the big wigs like uh, Fuse Project and stuff. But like you also have like smaller industrial design studios that have a lot of designers work. Like uh, uh, Rashid. Mm-hmm. You know, Rashid just comes up with the idea, and then he has his you know four or five designers work for him and kind of execute. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was thinking is the most influential right now, uh, to me at least. I yeah. Know, I don't know in the field, but um, should we answer one more question? Do we have yeah, one more. Okay. Uh, smile, smile X one two three X. We're reading off Instagram handles, by the way. So if you want to check out these uh, Instagram handles, you know, shout out to you guys for having good questions. Yeah. Uh, have you ever felt like giving up with design? That's a good question. Yeah. My initial thought is no, <laughs> but maybe there's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, another question in there. Like, have you ever felt like burnt out on design or like, I don't know, like, do you ever get like designer's block? I feel like, I feel like oftentimes the designer's block comes at the very beginning of a project where you're, where I'm thinking like, God, I've never designed anything like this before. And mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of doubt because you're just like you know you try to start to like sketch it and you're like oh, I can't even sketch this thing right right you know it's I feel like you are the best designer of the product that you're working on at the end of the project it's or like you know you you kind of have to like warm up to whatever it is you're designing. I can see that. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like anything else. It's like you have to you have to go through the like the preparatory stages. Yeah. Um in order to get comfortable with what you're working on. Cause it's not I don't like there's some projects that, that come more comfortable than others, but I don't think any two projects are alike. Right. Yeah, I mean we're in the consulting world, so a lot of times it's like we're working on you know, pet products, and then we've, you know, switching over to like exercise equipment or like, yeah, you know, it's a completely different project. And sometimes it's like a brand new thing that you've never designed before. Yeah. And that's always a little interesting because one thing is like telling your client, like, oh, I can design this. Even though I've never designed anything <laughs> like it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, it's, it's weird. It, it's definitely weird to, it's like, I don't know that you're like faking the confidence, but you you you're confident in the process, right? Because you know that you have a good enough foundation of a process to come up with something. The right. thing that I find really frustrating at the like towards the beginning of the project is having like this magnificent vision in your head of the thing. Like you can visualize it in your head, but visualizing it on paper, like mm, the, okay. Like for some reason, it feels like some sort of curse, but 
translating the thing in your head to your hand. Right. Like it feels like it should be instantaneous. Like you're a you're a two D printer. I, like just like you're basically just like shooting out what you've you're telling your hand to print. Exactly. Exactly. But it doesn't work that way. I also think that I don't want to go. I don't want to bring back VR, but I'm going to bring it back anyways. Do it. Um, I think that VR is going to unlock that unlock mm-hmm. that power because really sketching is just a visual representation of your thought like what happens if you didn't even have to sketch like what yeah. if you just could think of the object and already have it like ready to go like yeah already have the visual like i that's what i imagine the future being i mean you know whenever we get computers and plugged into our brains eventually yeah um we'll just be able to like think of images <laughs> like <laughs> i mean i don't know if we'll be alive for that you know maybe our grandkids <laughs> but uh we'll be able to like just think of a, a beautiful uh, dog toy. Yeah. Well, because because that's the thing is like you get. I mean, there are times where it's like you get hung up on something that's just difficult to translate in perspective mm. in your head, and and that's where VR right now is killing it. Yeah. Because VR is already in perspective. I know. So, I need to I need to get into that game. I definitely more. think we should have a full podcast on VR whenever we get there. Yeah. We should just ha- we should just do it in VR. <laughs> we should do a VR we, podcast. We should invite it would, it would be our live like live podcast like we're on the road but basically like people would come to our VR podcast and we would be sitting on a virtual reality stage in front of a virtual reality audience. That is the dream. That is the dream right there. That is such <laughs> that's so beautiful. Yeah. Drinking virtual reality wine. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what what, what the question was have you ever felt like giving up or like writer's block designer's block do you get designer's block do i get designer's block i guess maybe the better solution the answer to this question is like how do i get out of designer's block yeah i feel like the trick to designer's block is it's a mind game Mm-hmm. i feel like the best way to get out of designer's block well there i think there's several ways if i if i really am stuck on something and like i'm just like not in the right mindset you know, I'll just switch it up. I'll I'll go take a walk. I'll go like get groceries or like go to the park or something. Like, you just have to like step back, yeah. Take a, take a deep breath, go do something else, and then come back to it fresh. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times I feel like sometimes you might get a little bit of designer's block and start getting stuck on something and start thinking about it and like maybe procrastinating a little bit. Yeah. I think the solution there is just put your pen to paper yeah just just do it like just sketch and see what happens yeah and i feel like a lot of people have a problem with that and it they just need to commit yeah just just to do it and it's it might be bad it might be good but the 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 thing to get you started is just to get your hand moving yeah well you know there's that famous quote that i'm sure i'm misquoting but it's basically like you know professional it's like you know amateurs wait for inspiration professionals get to work sort of thing i haven't heard that quote but that's great it's you know it's a harsh one it's a very harsh quote but i think i think the sentiment is right it's you know you can't just you can't just sit around and wait for the idea to come to you i mean there's there are times that it's like you're fortunate to like especially on side projects it's like a, a product comes to your mind and and it's sort of like fully formed yes but it's like that's that's like rare but i also feel like that happens as a result of like just like continuously pushing in other aspects of your design life yeah you know you're kind of in a mode um but you know i think i think when like you're feeling stuck like there's always sort of those like tried and true methods of like switch up the medium like oh that's interesting you know instead of like sketching with pen like sketch with a paintbrush or something yeah sketch sketch with something else like a a lot of times i you know i used to post i used to post a lot of the continuous line sketching i do like that which which is something that i use to kind of like free myself up because sometimes like sketching can be so uh, mechanical right it's nice to 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 get it a bit more fluid but you could also move into like really crappy little like models 
like cardboard models. I, I enjoy doing the cardboard models. You know, I have like five cardboard models on my desk right now. Yeah. No, I mean, they are, they can be incredibly informative and inspiring. So just like to just get to interacting with something physical. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like, you know, do some really like crappy CAD and then print it out and use it as an underlay, or, you know, like right. thing, things like that. Like, that's a good tip. I like that tip a lot, James. I Thank might, you. I might, I might use that tip. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a good question, though. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great question, and I think it's a question that pretty much everybody can relate to. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been? Oh, man, it's almost an hour. Well, we've, been, we've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should wrap it up. Yeah. You have any, uh, you have any plans next week? Or? Um, with uh, personal work, I mean... I've got the, uh, I've ordered the steel print for the bottle opener. Good. good. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I feel like I kind of should have <laughs> made that my first purchase. I don't know I why. Agree. I like stepped I my way up to that. I think I was just really, I was just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I was hesitant to just go for it. Cause it's not like, you know, Shapeways, it's like pretty reasonable. Right. Like the price for, for a metal print. But, um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to, I, I just ordered that. I think that's going to arrive on the 23rd or so. And then with the helicopter stuff, you know, I'm be on the lookout for in, within like the next week. Oh, okay. For this exciting uh, new post. You're going to, yeah, okay. that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. And, uh, I th- that's, that's pretty much it. Also, I like, I think you and I both have not really posted our final finished, uh, fans oh, don't for, worry. for oh. blowing with CS. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we had this fan project, you know, like a desk fan yeah. project that we started with, uh, creative session. Really great. Really great guys. Super inspirational guys. Yeah. Check them out. Um, but you know, they do like these community projects and we had, design these cool like desktop fans and uh yeah we're still working on them. that was like what <laughs> six months ago we started that project <laughs> yeah it's the great I don't know. curse the great curse yeah finishing a project is is 90 percent of the work it is it absolutely is um but we what what are your plans for the next week you got this shirt you're working on yeah i, I ordered some samples i so. think you sent me a video of this shirt uh, yeah. and i don't want to reveal anything exclusive yeah you got the inside scoop James. but uh no it's gonna come it's gonna come soon um you know shirts are pretty easy to make so hopefully that sample comes in and uh yeah i mean i've got a lot of consulting work a lot of consulting business to work on um probably should do my taxes <laughs> it's tax season yeah and uh taxes are complicated mm-hmm. and especially when you're a freelancer I, mm-hmm. I still need to do research on that but uh <laughs> if i if you find me in jail i had uh avoided the irs that's, mean that's the problem debtor's prison <laughs> debtor's prison We're, it's not it's not the 1800s in <laughs> england anymore Nick. so yeah um i i think you know we had this idea of doing kind of a designer of the week yeah, or like a, a shout out to like one designer that James and I both really admire. Yeah, and uh, we wanted to shout out Cadabra Carl at Cadabra Carl Carl with a C Cadabra like Abracadabra. Yeah, um, he's a really awesome sketcher. He's uh, so I've chat I've chatted with him on Instagram once uh, or maybe a couple times. He's um, a designer in Norway. And I think he's one of the founders of of Eggs Design. Okay, Eggs um, Design is like a, a design firm. Yeah, in Norway. Okay, but they're like an international design firm. Okay, um, and uh, he just he has such a lively style. He's a very funny guy. Yeah, he. I love his stories. I like that he's like you know he's, he's lighthearted goof. and he's like comedic. comedic yeah, you know? I like I like the I like how his kids are are constantly <laughs> like. You know, yes. coming in and and sketching on his sketches, and he, I think that's so fun. Yeah, I, like he just, uh, I don't know. Like when I see his stories, I always put a smile on my face, and and his sketches are just like that perfect amount of like looseness mm-hmm. and in, yes. in, informative. You can tell he's been at it for a long time. Yeah, he's a professional, definitely. Yeah, man, 
yeah, definitely check him out at Cadaver Crawl again. Um, he's an awesome guy. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, check us out too if you're unfamiliar with us. Uh, you know, I'm Nick Baker again. And Nick my, P. Baker. Yeah, and my Instagram handle is at Nick P. Baker. My middle name is Preston. There's a lot of Nick Bakers in this Woo! world. So, uh, Preston! <laughs> so, Nick P. Baker. And uh, yeah, I'm James Connors at I Draw on Receipts. And good luck spelling receipts. It's a hard one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it took me so long to crack 10,000. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, I know you can send us questions. Um, you know, we're we're on Instagram. Send us send us questions for next week. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, until next time, talk to you later. See ya.